Today's scripture is Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you previously walked according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift. It is not from works, so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. The word of the Lord. And thank you, Trinity Orange County, uh, for having me here today. It's such a blessing to be able to worship you, even though it's virtually uh, such such a blessing just to uh, still have this time set apart to worship God and with his people. Um, I want to thank Trinity OC, especially the members and friends, uh, for your partnership with Servant Church of San Diego. Uh, as we minister to San Diego's inner city, it's good to know that we are not alone, and um, we are so thankful for your partnership in the gospel with us. Uh, this morning, um, I want to start by asking you a very simple but deep question. And the question is this, why are you here? Why are you here? And I, I don't just mean why are you uh, online with us this morning. Um, the question is, why do you exist? Why, um, why do any of us exist? What's your purpose in life? What are we supposed to do with our life? Um, in the Christian tradition that Trinity OC and Servant Church are part of, we've answered this question by saying that man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Uh, but this morning, there's another way that we can answer this question, the question of why am I here? Um, and I believe, and the Bible teaches, that you and I were made to serve others. Willingly, joyfully, selflessly, you and I were made to serve others. And we will not be happy until we do just that. And so uh, today, I want to give us a, a kind of theology of service. So a brief, very short review summary of what the Bible teaches about serving others. And we're going to go through this in just three simple points. The first one is formed to serve others. The second point is deformed by self-service. And the third point is transformed to serve again. So formed to serve others, deformed by self-service, transformed to serve again. Let's, let's jump right into um, 
this brief overview, this theology of service. First, uh, again, you and I were created, we were designed, we were tailor-made and handcrafted by God with purpose and for reason. Uh, if you remember the verses we read just uh, a moment ago from Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 10 says that we are God's workmanship. Uh, in other words, you and I are not accidents, we are not animals, and we are not totally autonomous. We were made by God, and we are, uh, as Ephesians 2.10 says, his workmanship. In Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 39, uh, Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, God made us to love him and to love others. But this is not just some warm, fuzzy feelings for God or others. Uh, but the love that God commands us, the kind of love that God requires that we give to him and to others is an active kind of love. It's a love that loves God and others so much that it does something about it. And that's, that's what service is. Uh, service is love in action. Service is love in action. So you and I were formed by God to serve others, which means service is essential to who we are as humans. And obviously it is selfless. But service is also sacred. Service is sacred. That means that it is connected to God in a very special way. Uh, now, let me explain what I mean by that. Again, the Bible tells us that God uh, made us to serve others. But the Bible also tells us that we were made by God in his image, that, that we were made to be like him. That's Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So, so if God created us to, to serve others, and if God created us to be like him, then serving others isn't just a human thing, it's actually a God thing. Uh, that means that God himself serves others. And this is what makes the God of the Bible so different from the gods of other religions. The, the God of the Bible, the true God, is a God who serves others. Uh, God serves humans. Uh, we, we know this from Scripture. Psalm 145, verses 15 through 16 say, All eyes look to you, God, and you give them their food at their proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. So God serves us. He serves humans. But the Bible also tells us that, that God serves himself, which honestly sounds a little weird and even a little selfish, unless, of course, God is more than one person. And he is right? Uh, the, the God of the Bible is a God who is one God and three distinct but equal persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We call this the Trinity. It is 
Trinity, Orange County's namesake, right? And in the Trinity, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are all in perfect community with each other, and they are forever loving and serving each other. So, so when God formed us to serve others, he didn't make us to be his personal service robots. When God made us to serve others, he made us to be like him, to serve others like he does. If, if we're honest with ourselves, most of the time uh, we, we feel, we may even think that serving others is something that is beneath us, that it's below us. That to really be successful or influential or powerful in life, that that means that others will be serving us. We, we don't serve them. But serving others, according to the Bible, isn't something that's beneath us or below us. It's actually above us. It is above our pay grade. Uh, because when we serve others, we are being like God himself. This morning, before we move on, I, I want to ask you, do you believe that God made you to serve others? Do you believe that he made you to be like him? I also want to ask you this morning, um, more than just believing this, do you want to serve others like God? Is that your desire? Do you want to be like God? Do you want to serve others like God? If you're like me, uh, this poses a problem, right? This is a, a problem for, for all of us, right? Uh, none of us always and totally wants to serve God and others. And so here we have to move on to our next point. That although we were formed by God to serve others, we have been deformed by our sin to only serve ourselves. So we are deformed to uh, serve ourselves. Um, look at verses uh, 1 and 5 of Ephesians 2 again. There uh, we are told that by ourselves we are, quote, dead in our trespasses and sins. And then verse 3 says it like this. Verse 3 says that by ourselves we are living in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. What this means is that our sin, our selfishness, our hate, and our hurt, our sin has deformed us and turned us pretty much into spiritual zombies. We are living dead people. But sin not only deforms us by ourselves, sin also deforms our relationships with each other. How we connect with each other has been deformed as well. When, when you serve yourself more than you serve others, your relationships with others gets deformed, uh, they get distorted, they become dysfunctional. Your relationships become broken and unhealthy. You lie to others, you steal from others, you use and abuse others only to serve yourself. In the history of, of, of humanity, in human history, 
deformed relationships with others has often led to a kind of service that is forced instead of freely given. We call this slavery. Slavery is when one person is forced by another to serve against their will. And unfortunately, this is still happening today in our world. Things like human trafficking or sex trafficking or forced labor. All these things continue to go on right here in the U.S., right here in California, maybe even here in Orange County. These things continue to happen because sin has deformed uh, service and it's deformed us and our connections and relationships with others. But unfortunately, it gets even worse. It gets even worse because sin doesn't just deform us and our relationships with others. Sin also deforms our relationship with God. And most of the time, uh, our deformed relationship with God, this distorted and dysfunctional connection to God, it shows up in one of two ways in our lives. The first way that our dysfunctional relationship with God shows up is through blatant disobedience. This is flat out disobeying God. This is doing the exact opposite of what God tells us to do. And then sticking out our tongue at God, right? Like a little kid, like a little kid. And which, which is why I think in verses two and three of our text this morning, uh, we, we are told that we are disobedient children of God's wrath. So the first way that our dysfunctional relationship and deformed and distorted relationship with God shows up is through blatant disobedience. But it also shows up in, in a more subtle way. And it shows up in, in, in our lives when we start bartering with God, when we start trying to do business with God. What I mean by this is when we start serving God in order to force him to give us good things. When we start doing things for God so that he is uh, now um, uh, bound to do something for us, that he has to do something for us. Uh, this kind of uh, manifestation of our dysfunctional relationship with God is the opposite of what, of what verse 9 says here in Ephesians 2. When we try to get things from God by our own works so that we can boast or brag. This morning, I want to ask you another question. Are you, are you feeling like a zombie? Are you feeling like you're just going through the motions, but you're kind of dead inside? How is your relationship with God? How is your relationship with other people? If, if you're not happy today, there's a really good chance in your life that it's because you're not doing what you were made to do. You're not willingly and joyfully and selflessly serving others. If you're feeling like a zombie today, there's a really good chance that it's because you are serving yourself more than you're serving others. And this brings us to our last point this morning is, is this, that, that what, what can possibly cure 
us as spiritual zombies, right? What can revive us? What can restore us? What can repurpose us and recreate us? What can possibly reform and transform spiritual zombies like you and me? What can make us human again? And the answer is clear. The Bible is clear on this. The only thing that can cure spiritual zombies like you and me is God's service. It is God's love and action that can change us. It's the only thing that can change us. We, we don't just need a God who has warm, fuzzy feelings for us, and we definitely don't need a God who sits in heaven and winks or just ignores our sin. You and I need a God whose love is so real and who loves us so much that he actually does something about it. We need God himself to come down to us. We need God himself to come and serve us. We need God himself to come and save us. And that's exactly what God did. The Bible tells us that, that God the Father loved us so much that he selflessly sent his only son, Jesus, to serve and to save us. Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8 says that Jesus, even though he existed in the form of God, he did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. But instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. That's true love. That's perfect service. When we least expected it and when we least deserved it, Jesus came to us. He became like us to save us by serving us. One of my favorite Disney movies is Beauty and the Beast, the original animated one. And it's a story of a beautiful young woman named Belle whose love saves a prince who was turned into a beast because of his own selfishness. But if you pay attention to the movie closely, you'll know that Belle doesn't just save the beast. Belle also saves the beast's servants. The beast's servants were also turned into non-human things because of the beast's selfishness. But everything changes when Belle shows up. The beast servants are so excited to have Belle there with them, and they prepare a huge dinner for Belle, and they start singing my favorite song from the movie, and I apologize in advance for sticking this worm in your ear. I'm sure you're going to be singing this for the rest of today. Um, if you remember the words, Lumiere, the candlestick, he starts singing to Belle as they're serving her the dinner, and he says, be our guest, be our guest, put our service to the test. Tie your napkin round your neck, Shetty, 
and we'll provide the rest. Soup du jour, hot hors d'oeuvres, why we only live to serve. Song goes on, and then halfway through, Lumiere, uh, Lumiere uh, explains, life is so unnerving for a servant who's not serving. He's not whole without a soul to wait upon. Ah, those good old days when we were useful, suddenly those good old days are gone. Ten years we've been rusting, needing so much more than dusting, needing exercise, a chance to use our skills. Most days we just lay around the castle, flabby, fat, and lazy, but you walked in and oops, a daisy. It's a guest, it's a guest, sakes alive, well, I'll be blessed. Because of Bell's love, the beast and his servants were saved. And they didn't just become human again. They also got to love and to serve again. They got to do what they were made to do because someone showed up and loved and even served them first. That's, that's what the Bible tells us happens to us because of Jesus. In Mark chapter 10, verses 43 through 45, these are servant churches' verses or our church's motto. In these verses, Jesus tells his disciples, whoever wants to become great among you will be your servant, and whoever wants to be first will be a slave to all. Before we go on, we have to ask, why would anyone do that? Why would anyone willingly serve others? Why would they even consider themselves last or even a slave of others? How is this possible? How do selfish spiritual zombies turn into selfless servants of God and others? Jesus tells us. He tells us in verse 45 of Mark chapter 10, he explains that for even the Son of Man, here Jesus is referring to himself. Jesus says, for even I, Son of Man, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This morning, do you need Jesus to serve you? Not like a waiter that you tip, but more like a lifeguard who does for you what you cannot do for yourself. Do you need Jesus to, to serve you? Do, you? do you want Jesus to make you human again and to give you and your life purpose again? Again, Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. You were made to serve others. Let Jesus save you by serving you. Let him save you by his love in action for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you for a word that continues to speak to us 
no matter what is going on around us or in our lives. Father, we thank you that we were not cosmic accidents, that we are not animals. We thank you that we are not autonomous and we are not left to ourselves, but we thank you that you made us on purpose with a purpose. Father, this morning we confess so often that we don't want to be like you. We don't want to serve others. Father, forgive us for thinking that serving others is beneath us. Forgive us for not remembering, for not caring that serving others is to be like you. This morning, Father, we also confess how deformed we have become because of our own selfishness, hate, and hurt. We confess, Father, that we've allowed our sin to make us something less than human. We confess to you how distorted and dysfunctional our relationships are with others and how often we don't care. And Father, we confess that our relationship with you has also become deformed. All this because of our sin and our selfishness. Father, forgive us, we pray. We also pray this morning, Father, and we, we confess, Lord God, that even knowing about Jesus, even knowing about his salvation for us, Father, we confess that even in our own lives so often, we don't even want Jesus to serve us. Maybe, maybe we think that we're already Christians and we can move on without Jesus. Forgive us, Father, for not continuously relying on Jesus' love and action for us. This morning, Father, I also want to pray for any of us listening and worshiping with us this morning. Anyone who, who, who has uh, felt deformed by their own selfishness, anyone who feels that they do need to be saved by a servant Savior, I pray for them this morning that you would change their hearts, that you would break in right now into their hearts and into their lives to, to cure them from being spiritual zombies, to make them human again, to bring them back to you, to make them uh, have a life that is filled with purpose again through Jesus. Father, we are so thankful for Jesus who came to serve us. We thank you that you forgive us because of him. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.